Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Uncle Dad Talks. Now I know what you're thinking. Oh no, Baby Cube's been left home alone again. Don't worry, this episode does contain myself and Uncle Dad, along with our special guest that we are interviewing today. But first and foremost, uh, that song you just heard was Deja Vu by New Alchemist, and that song was of course brought to you by our continuing sponsor and supporter of the podcast, Soundstripe.com. I'm sure you all already know, but Soundstripe is the best place to get royalty-free music for any sort of content creation that you want to do, whether it be YouTube, podcasts, you can even use it to stream music while you're uh, on Twitch. Any of that stuff can be found on Soundstripe.com, and if you use promo code UncleDadTalks10 at checkout, you'll save 10% off your first month's subscription. But before I go, I have to bring up our continuing sponsor for Uncle Dad Talks, uh, multiversecomicbox.com. It is the best place to go if you're a fan of mystery boxes as well as comic books. You get monthly subscriptions that you can sign up for. You can you can choose a package that is perfect for your budget. You can get comics that are CGC graded if you're a collector. If not, they have a standard subscription box that you get. You can get uh, several other mystery items along with your mystery box, including keychains. Or if you do select a CGC graded subscription box, you can actually get a stand for your comic book so that you can probably display it on your bookshelf. They they are a great sponsor. We love talking with them. Their customer service is awesome. And if you use promo code UNCLEDAD10, that's one zero, at checkout, you'll save 10% off your first month's subscription. Like Uncle Dad always says, it's essentially a free comic book with a subscription box from multiversecomicbox.com. But enough of all of that. Uh, I will let Uncle Dad introduce our guest. I hope you really enjoy the show. Uh, everybody, please give it up for our guest, Andres. Uh, Andres, is that how you want to go by Andres? Either, either or. I okay. like, at this point, I've I've been around enough uh, non-Hispanic uh, people, non-Mexican, yeah. to just get everything as sure as say my name. So like. As long as it's close and it's, you know, it, it doesn't matter. All right. We are with Andres Horas. I can never do that. Uh, baby uh, Gabe, you can do that. Yep. Juarez. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, the, I'm like the, uh, the shameful Mexican in this group right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll see how you're not the only one. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I mean, usually it's like it's Andres Juarez, you know, anything just to make it, you know, easy. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, we're here with Andres Juarez, and he is the art director for Skybound Entertainment. Uh, everybody, please welcome uh, Andres to our group. Uh, baby Gay, please say hello. Hello. I'm here as well. Uh, What's going on, know, guys? We love Baby Gabe, uh, but we, we love Andres more, so let's talk to him. Uh, Andres, <laughs> please tell us where the journey begins for you. Before you get to where you are now, which is arguably probably one of the, in my opinion right now, Skybound is probably one of the biggest... It, one of the biggest companies in the in the comic book game right now, in my opinion. Um, I think some people may agree with that, probably still say Marvel, whatever, whatever. But honestly, I think Skybound is still, t- in my opinion, probably the only company putting out t- top-tier stuff every single time. So Thanks. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. It's been, I mean, you know, it's been a journey, but, like, it was actually one of those things where when I was back in college, one of the later assignments as you get into, like, higher-level I went, to, I went to San Diego State and got a, you know, bachelor's degree in graphic design. Nice. And, you know, definitely wasn't like, you know, San Diego State is not a design school um, right. by any means. Uh, you know, most of their, I think the top two programs are business and nursing. Okay. Um, 
so, you know, we were definitely at the bottom of, you know, the totem pole of, of, you know, funding, <laughs> sure. et cetera. Um, but there was actually a, a project towards the end where you kind of had to, in a very art student kind of way, had to make a book about your life to that point. Okay. Um, which again, like every artist wants to, you know, pad up the ego every now and then. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That means to go about it. And you, you, of course you had to choose, you know, choose your kind of photography or illustration styles or type, typography choices. Um, but essentially like I kind of realized at that point that like design has always, or graphic design has always been a part of my life kind of tangentially. Um, my dad is, uh, works in the print industry. So he's oh, wow. been okay. printer since before I was born. And when we were younger, you know, especially daycares is not hard to, or easy to be affordable. Um, right. So like during the summers when we were younger, we would go to his print shop or the print shop that he worked for. Yeah. Very small, but you know, but still a very capable offset printing production company. Um, and it, you know, they did everything, you know, offset printing to, you know, stationary to cutting, trimming, like the whole production process was there. So we were surrounded by it and all we wanted to do was just like color on all of his paper samples and like everything else, you know, which was good because he could at least work while we were, you know, in this giant warehouse. So, but that whole time, you know, I'm seeing how printing is done from, you know, such an early age and, you know, Obviously, my dad is, is working with whether it's designers or production managers or just people who are handing off jobs to him, you know, talking about like, oh, resolution's not great. There's going to be some problems like not aligning art properly to trim or it's going to get cut off right. or et cetera, or there's going to be problems because of how colors are overlapped, et cetera. So it wasn't until that moment that I'm like, oh, I've been kind of training for graphic design for a really long time because now... I have the benefit of seeing the back end process that like, you know, once I hand off a thumb drive or an email attachment, you know, that tends to usually be my involvement. You know, I'm wiping my hands of it and I'm done. Right. Right. Yeah. But I got to see kind of like that process. So it wasn't until that moment in, in college where I'm like, Oh, this is, this is why it's now all kind of clicking. Um, just because I took the, I took the long road <laughs> to graduate. Okay. Um, and bounced from major to major, and it wasn't until design that it, like it, it clicked. What was the first major? Uh, communications. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like it was, you know, it was one of those things of where, you know, I was I was trying to you know make parents happy by trying to find a career that would deem as like you know, right, uh, uh, worthy, yeah. and yeah. that I could get it, you know, like a good career and you know a good sure. sort of income. So the second I pivoted to design and art was that's where kind of like internal red flags were going up um, right. with my parents. And, you know, it, it wasn't until like, obviously once I started working that they're like, Oh, you can make really a career out of this. And um, I guess one of my first jobs technically was when I was still in school, we had a, a, a design studio class where a lot of local businesses would come in basically for free work, free design work but it was an opportunity for us to do quick turnaround projects like every two weeks. Right. Um, and there was a local uh, business association that was looking to get some like banners done to celebrate um, uh, at one of the landmarks in San Diego gotcha. uh, for the like 50th anniversary. And um, my design ended up winning nice. and that was like $200 to like a starving art student was 
like I just won the jackpot. Like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Millions. I'm like, I can afford printer ink. I can <laughs> paper. Like this is this is exactly what I needed. And it was like the first time where I like I realized that like, oh, I can kind of do this in a very very you know low stakes yeah. scenario because again like so much of even what I do now, you can't help but feel like you're, you're working kind of in a vacuum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like see like the end goal. Granted now, like I can go into a comic shop or a bookstore or maybe someone's house and they've got something that I've worked on. I'm mean, like, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but post post college it was, or towards the end of college, I was working at the, uh, the school newspaper. So I was like an assistant art director or I'd worked up, to being assistant art director. And that's like a daily thing of typesetting and, and layout. Yeah, totally. Um, and, uh, you know. Roughly what year is this, by the way? This is, so this was, I guess, 2000, I think I started in 2006. Okay. And then ended in 09. Okay. And, you know, it was a daily thing. You know, it's, yeah. again, you know, not a giant, giant newspaper, but still it was basically building the fundamentals in which I'm still doing now. Um, and then got super fortunate to work in an eight, like a local boutique design agency uh, right out of college and got to really just enter in head first into you know, the advertising game, which is yeah. fast paced, cutthroat, um, yes. but you know, can be very rewarding. Um, yeah, I've and- seen some of your ad work, it's pretty good. Thanks man, appreciate yeah, it. I like that, yeah. Um, and was very fortunate enough at least for the work environment that I was in to have a, a, you know, odd, you know, it was very rare to ever, and especially in most design agencies, um, very rare to have a direct rapport with anyone at the top, creative directors, sure, yeah. etc. Um, but it was a, it was a very, very close knit group of designers that you know we were all in the same trench together at the end of the day. Yeah. So as far as approaching design and you know, kind of how to start mentally sketching stuff out before you even touch a computer versus obviously, you know, sketching stuff on paper. I had like an incredible early on experience of just how to fundamentally approach design. Um, And uh, again, you know, with a lot of San Diego being, you know, I think everyone's vacation to a certain degree. um, uh, A lot of our clients were in the hospitality industry. So a lot of hotels, bars, So. You know, again, quick turnarounds, but again, a huge range of, of types of design work from, you know, serious type layouts to like, you know, obviously in, in hotel signage or in bar signage menus to, you know, daily flyers for a club or, uh, or some sort of event happening in the property that had right. to be branded and feel unique. Right. Um, and that was, that was a lot of it. And then it wasn't until... 2012, 2000, no, yeah, 2012, that I made the move to LA to try and, you know, expand my horizons in, in the design space. And uh, at the time, my then girlfriend, now wife, um, awesome, awesome. was there because um, she was in fashion. So, like, at that point, LA was, you know, the next right. stop for right. the two of us at that time Yeah. Um, to... Uh, to really see what's out there, you know, job wise. And I went into LA really knowing no one professionally, really no one socially and had to just kind of start over. And it was, it was a good, scary, sweaty, uh, 
fun experience of just starting over again. Yeah. Um, because of me getting into, you know, a career straight out of college, I didn't go through the interview process or the, the portfolio process or the, you know, just talking and selling yourself right. in a professional setting it was all new to me. So it was just, I, you know, hit the ground running and I had some challenges as far as like, uh, because of most of LA is entertainment based yeah. or there's a lot larger, uh, enter or design opportunities in the entertainment space that a lot of what I was showing didn't necessarily translate to potential hires or people right. who are trying to look for new designers because like on the surface level, it's like, Oh, you've never done anything for TV or, or film mm. or, or anything like in any sort of media that like, okay, you might have the, the technical chops, but you know, we, we need to have that reliability that you know what to do for key art or, or any of that stuff. So right. it was definitely a grind for about three years where I was able to slowly start working in, you know, worked at a YouTube channel company for a bit to then started, you know, bouncing around to other just entertainment design agencies, like whether it was just, uh, full, you know, in-house studios, like for TV networks, right. um, to then just working at just purely agencies focused on entertainment design. Right. Um, and, you know, again, it was just, it was all like baby steps and you sure. know, still very lucky to, to live the kind of freelance lifestyle. Cause there's a bit of it that is a little romantic where, you know, you're, you're called in for a stretch of time to like kind of save the day and help out whatever team and just be a pair of hands. Yeah. But on the flip side, you know, you're expendable. Like you're sure. like right. once your two weeks are up or whatever your contract is, you're done. So like, obviously it's, you know, <laughs> it's very cutthroat and, and, you know, and it keeps you fresh. It keeps you on your toes because you just don't know when your last job is going to be your last. Um, but it was around that time when I was freelancing that I had saw just a, a job posting, uh, that Skybound had, had listed, um, looking for an in-house designer. And this is roughly still the same year. This was now uh, about 2015. Okay. Okay. Um, so did like three years of just freelance. Mm -hmm. stuff. Sure. Um, you know, got some really great working relationships and met some really cool people. But you know, a lot of it was just I'm there for a week. I'm there for two weeks. Or right. And then it's just done. On right? to the next and job. Yeah. On to the next thing. Um, saw the listing and I was like there's no way I'm going to get this, but I can't not like, I was already a fan of Skybound in general, mm -hmm. of course. Um, especially Robert Kirkman. Of course. Right. This was like the book that I was actively following yeah. at that time. Walking Dead, I would, I would get, you know, I basically, you know, it, it's, it sucks saying it now because just, I worked there, but like I waited for the compendiums, like the big, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. sure. because like I can just get a solid chunk of just storytelling just digested at, at one go. Yeah. Um, when those so walking dead, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I was just going to say when those walking dead books came out, man, I just, I, I was, I was in the same boat you were in. I was like, I'll just wait and get whatever. But it was just such a good story that I just couldn't stop. So I was like, I just have to get it, you know, when it comes out. And yeah. then it's like, well, then I ended up buying the graphic novels and I ended up <laughs> buying the, the omnibuses. And it's like, fuck. What yeah. am I gonna do with all this? <laughs> yeah, like, I got to a point too where it was like, yeah, I get some of the, you know, some of the trades, 
and then would be like, oh, I just, I just have to know them. Luckily, maybe I can get a couple of the hardcovers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was <laughs> yeah. just like a total mishmash of my shelf, like nothing, Matt. Like, yeah. I mean, if I had enough of the same types of formats, sure. But like, yes. again, it was just my bookshelf could not handle it. Yeah, and that's always uh, the worst, right? As a comic collector, when you start doing that, because then it's like yeah. visually, it's so unpleasing, mm -hmm. right? Because you're like, you have the, you know, super thick books, super thin books, super, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> and the question is, how do you organize it? Because like, yeah, I, ha exactly. I have to go alphabetically, but sometimes it might not be like in order though, of like chronologically. Maybe Gabe, your kids' books don't count. <laughs> <laughs> they have pictures. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andres, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. So yeah, like, I mean, saw the listing, was a, like, was a comics fan, uh, you know, still am. But, um, you know, so wait, just, hold, hold on, I don't mean to yeah. stop you, but really quickly. So when you said you were a comics fan, what yeah. were you reading at that time besides what you just said? Uh, I mean, it was still a lot of, uh, cause I think, you know, I guess going back in time, I just, I guess more on the personal side of things, like there was an era of my life. Sure. That like, you kind of had to stop reading comics cause it wasn't cool. Isn't and that crazy? That's so crazy to think about you had to kind of keep it secret a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's so crazy to think about that. That's how that was at one point. You're right. I don't think I ever experienced that, actually. No, I mean, because the time frame you're talking about, you're talking about, like, what, early 2000s? Or early 2000s, late 90s, where yeah. it, you know, it was a little, you know, it was like you still kind of read, you still read those? Yeah. And again, because you, you look at the, you know, the entertainment space in general, there wasn't a lot of pop culture related to comic no. books. True, there is no. true. Now. So like, and it was, you know, solely based off of Marvel and DC at the yep, time. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Things have now obviously changed. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you know, it wasn't until like early to, you know, to mid college where I was like, you know what, I'm going to just start getting some comics. Cause like just with the friends that I was making to um, just then starting to have some sort of expendable income that like, I need to get back into this because like there's some really cool looking stuff that like anytime that I popped into a bookstore to try and get some sort of, you know, design reference book, you can't help but wander in any bookstore and yeah, sure. take, you know, peruse through the graphic novel or, you know, manga section and just see all the stuff that's out there. Like, wow, this looks really awesome. That like slowly started getting back into it. Um, but at that time I was still catching up on a lot of, uh, Hellboy, BPRD, yeah, yes. um, and I mean, what's on my shelf right now? I'm just trying to see. Yeah, I was trying to see, but I couldn't really yeah. read it. So <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was just catching up on like, um, I was starting to get into read, like into Alex Ross a whole bunch at the time. Oh, man, because Alex of, Ross, fucking genius. Alex Ross is, you know, a, a master at his craft. Oh yeah. Uh, just happens to be in comics, but like as an illustrator, just fantastic. Um, but, but yeah, like just a little bit of, you know, slowly getting back into, um, I guess the big two, some fanographics every now and then, but you know, just again, like without trying to, you know, get overwhelmed by just the canon of the big two's library. Right. Uh, that's a lot that you would have to go through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just like on a shelf, it's like, well, okay, there's a little bit less over of this series. Let's just kind of start here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like it, it was a thing that, that, you know, I actively started then being a fan of when I was still living in San Diego, was going to Comic-Con every year. Nice. Um, I think I started going in 2005. Nice. So like, you know, being able to kind of see 
how it's changed. Obviously, it was never a small show. For sure. Right. But that was like my thing that I could do. That was like my vacation yeah. in the city that I was living in at the time. Um, so, you know, it was it was just obviously I think a lot of it, you know, they had to do was like, oh, I had a job and now I can afford <laughs> right. Yeah, right. now. You know, I'm not worried about like, you know, the, the art supplies I have to get because like I'm already that broke and barely working part time at a job just to kind of right. like ends me. But uh, but yeah, like it was going, I guess, forward now to the, the job interview experience that like I yeah, immediately wrote it off because it's like, again, already being in that mindset of like still being so young in the entertainment design space, not as a designer, mm -hmm. but just entertainment design. Um, I was like, they're probably going to pass me up. But a couple months later, got an email saying, hey, you know, we want to talk to you and, and see what you're, you know, see what you're about and came in and it was, and that was just kind of it went through the whole hiring process. And then, you know, five years later, I'm still there. Awesome. Yeah. When, when you got the, when you went there, did you meet Robert Kirkman or no? No, no, no. He's, he's insanely, insanely busy. So yeah. he tends to just be in his, his, his workspace for, for most of the time. Sure. But I, I will say though, that on, it was, you know, obviously an overwhelming day on my first day. Oh, one sure. overwhelming going in just for an interview and waiting in the lobby and just seeing all of just the toys, the yeah. t-shirts, keychains, obviously their entire library out in front of me. And this is just like in the, in the lobby of yeah. mm -hmm. people that they were in at the time. But I'm like, this is, this is wild. It was like, I was trying to like sneakily take a picture, <laughs> you know, that person who walks in, which obviously everyone, how can you not like everyone yeah, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was, it was just an experience that I was like, even if I don't get the job, it, it was still crazy that they like, at least know my name a little bit. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, it, it was actually cause like, again, as part of like, just so much of Skybound now has just changed in the past five years that I've been there For sure. and expanded into, you know, different kinds of projects, different teams, different divisions, like, mm -hmm. um, that they were actively trying to build as, as they are still currently in-house production teams. Oh yeah. Uh, because, you know, originally, you know, Skybound started as just Robert's, Robert's imprint, um, yeah. for comics, um, that then turned into, you know, non-Robert titles. Yeah. Um, that now has become just a full-fledged entertainment production company that um, they were just looking just to start new channels of, of production. Of and they were, you know, at the first step of the things, it was just like, we need someone to help produce our comics in-house. Um, because a lot of it was still at the time handled by Image, um, yeah. just our working relationship with them. They handle a lot of the, the production. Yeah. Um, as far as the deals with printers, sourcing materials, et cetera, uh, getting, you know, dates locked in, et cetera, um, that they would just have to kind of pass design projects on to whoever could get on into their in-house teams that um, it just got to a point where Skydown needed their own team. And it's like, I was a start um, for about two and a half, three years. Uh, it was just, just me in-house oh, wow. doing everything and it was it was definitely a lot but that was kind of the state of everyone at the time that everyone sure. was just like doing a whole bunch and that's always been kind of the environment there um where everyone is is able and and welcome to collaborate 
regardless of department, um, which is which is very rare for a production company. Sure. Um, where you know, I think if if you look at especially like the the bigger two as examples, you know, there are separate buildings, divisions, companies that oh, yeah. handle comics, movies, TV, right. video games. Yeah. We're all in the same building you know, right next door to each other. And, you know, we're able to at least, you know, whether it's through an email or just a message through our, you know, through teams or whatever, be like, hey, I saw this one thing. Maybe there's something there for you guys to look into or, you know, with this creator or this production company or, or right. whatever. Um, and that's really rare because I got to see a lot of work environments being a freelance designer. And that was never the case, even still on smaller scale, uh, you know, offices that like, uh, like working on, like in TV, for example, like there is, there's a division for on-air versus a division for print right. versus a, you know, division for, you know, merchandising, et cetera, that, you know, I got to see, you know, and still to this day am able to kind of like help out a little bit. You know, my name might not necessarily be associated with any of the stuff, but um, I'm able to at least kind of like offer my two cents, very, you know, very small two cents, but like at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I can't think of many uh, company cultures that, that really want to like enforce that, you know, idea of collaboration and creativity. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and now normally you do the, uh, you do like the copy and, and the lettering, right? Uh, no, that's handled by, you know, teams, uh, you know, whatever the creative team for a book. Um, oh, gotcha. That's, that's also part of, a, I guess, uh, separation of, of tasks for, for but did you do the, did you do the Negan lives? The yeah. So, so for like logo design, uh, yes. depending on, on who's available. That's like, what I should say. I'm sorry. I, sh I meant to say that. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. No worries. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends. You know, obviously for new titles, um, we get to, you know, play around and create something new, but obviously for the ongoings, um, um, which at the time was still, you know, still invincible and the walking dead yeah, yeah. and a lot of the birthright, for example, manifest destiny outcast. Um, a lot of those issues or, or series were already running. So I just, just kind of working as just general production. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously the new stuff I get to, I get to really flex yeah. and, and, you know, put my talents to, to, to use, which is, which is great. Yeah, uh, I have the uh, Negan lives, the silver cover. Oh, nice. Nice. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're the logo work for the Negan Lives. It's, it's incredible. I, I love it. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. That's, that was like, again, you know, there are, there are certain moments in like design in general that have like, especially with the stuff that I've done at Skybound that always surprised me mm -hmm. just because of ideas that I'll send out that don't necessarily mean that they're like, or fit the, I think the, the general expectations of, sure. of the ask, but yeah. I kind of like slid that one as just an idea. Like, gotcha. you know, I, I kind of think this is cool. Like I still needed to work on stuff, but just like as a rough sketch, here's what I was thinking. Um, and sometimes it pays off because it's a thing where, you know, whoever gets, whoever needs to make the decision, um, they're like, yeah, this, this, this is rad. Let's, let's yeah. go ahead and do this one. So it is, it is crazy when I, you know, when as a designer, I can do something and it, it I, I always hate this adjective because it doesn't really, especially when I get it in like a brief, like a design email of like, hey, this is what we're looking for. Sometimes you'll, we'll get a, a, an adjective that was like, just make it look designy. <laughs> never, never helps anything. Um, but I can, I can at least make it look like it's been designed for something else almost. Totally. Uh, 
Yeah, you're a, I think it's genius. Because when I saw it, the fact that the bat is included in the name, I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, that's, that's such a subtle detail Yeah. that, like, I think if you don't really pay attention to it, you're not going to see it, right? You're just going to think, oh, yeah. it's the lettering, whatever. And that little detail is, to me, is what really makes it. And when I had found out that this Negan Lewis was coming out, I was like, I got to get the gold. I got to get that gold. And yeah. unfortunately, I wasn't able to, but it's all good. <laughs> but I'll take the silver, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, At least you place man so that's all that matters yeah at least i placed you're right you're right, you're right. uh baby game i'm gonna step out real fast so you can go ahead and ask a question yeah. real quick. Uh, i was gonna ask at what point did it feel like real to you that you're you're working there at skyline because i know like for certain jobs i've i've worked at it's like yeah this cannot actually be happening like it still feels surreal after some time was it like day sure. one or was it like later on down the road it, it was it was especially day one because that was the it just so happened that that was a day that Robert was in the office for oh, okay. reason. And um, because we are, a, you know, an imprint of image, mm -hmm. it as, as a resource, um, you know, printers comps of, you know, image titles mm -hmm. as, as reference materials, et cetera. They get, they get our books, it, it, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I stopped um, real fast. Um, you said imprint of image. Is that referring to you? Are you guys owned by image or just? No, no, no. Like, Essentially, we are uh, a completely separate entity, okay. but we are, you know, as far as comics production, still an imprint of, of, of image. So you're just connected, but you're not owned by them. Correct. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Similar to like, like Top Cow. Uh, so essentially, gotcha. like if, you're, you're, if you're on the board of, of image, if you're a partner, essentially, mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to uh, open or have an imprint. Um, just gotcha. like Harlan Productions, Top Cow is, you know, Silvestri. Yes, Sky yes, Pop yeah. It's Kirkman. So um, gotcha. there is that opportunity um, to have that. But as, as far as, you know, everything, because of obviously Skybound being so much more than comics, right. um, that, you know, it, it, it's, we're, we're our own beast mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but the, going back to your question, is it, do I call you baby? Is it, gay? is it always baby? Baby is fine, yeah. <laughs> do I call you baby? Uh, <laughs> I love that. That's, that's, wife, that's the name of the episode right there. <laughs> baby, do I call baby. you baby? Maybe it's a new t-shirt. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the name of the episode for sure. <laughs> do I call Maybe's you baby? Maybe it's reserved for my wife, so. Baby <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Not trying to, you know, take anything from it. <laughs> no, so, so anyways, like I'm still kind of waiting just to kind of get the proper walkthrough of the office and get like, oh, this is where we keep snack, like that kind of stuff. Right, like, right. Oh, the, the restroom, if you haven't already figured it out. And like, this is so, well, just the general tour. Mm -hmm. So in the kind of like, almost like hangout area of just the main workspace, because at that time we were in a smaller building, there's obviously way less staff. So we were just all kind of in separate, desks in just like a, a floor space mm -hmm. and in the in that area was just more like just kind of like a, a collaboration spot hangout whatever there's couches and a table so there was just this entire pile of uh image titles that were just recently printed not necessarily out yet mm -hmm. but there and i'm just kind of looking at stuff and everyone's like oh yeah feel free to look at you know just look at stuff that's it's, cool. you know it's there for, for everyone and i'm sitting there looking going through stuff um and I'm trying to think, like, trying to think what I, I can't remember what I was looking at, but uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, Robert's in the office and doing stuff and then just like sits down and starts going through the pile, like pretty much in front of me. 
and I look up and I'm like, oh, sh- uh, like, you know, obviously starstruck. How right. can you not be right. a fan of someone? It's very hard to like be cool. Let alone now that person's your boss. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's true. This is this is now crazy, and like we got to just talk comics for awesome. like ten. Like you know, he was going through the pile um, and just looking at stuff, and like our first conversation was just about you know image comics, which like just blew my mind. Like if you know, I were to tell myself like you know my five year old self like, hey, you know, one day you're gonna like talk about image comics to like one of like the partners of, of image comics. Yeah. Um, because it's your job now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I would have, I would have just lost it. And, you know, I was trying to just be super cool again. You know, there was the general first day jitters that I think sure. everyone has about, uh, let alone then now, like, um, this, I'm just talking comics now to like one of the biggest comic creators that's out there. Um, and that was just kind of the start of, and he was kind of like, are you, you're the, you're the, are you the new designer? Cool. All right. I'm going to give you a ton of stuff to do. Like in a bit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, you know, it's always been, you know, you know, Robert has obviously being a creator and an artist, like he has, you know, an eye for the stuff, you know, he's mm-hmm. been doing it for, you know, over a decade now that, you know, clearly Robert knows what he's doing. So it's, it's always a treat to be able to kind of like work with him on like as, as a creator, to like, you know, come up with ideas, you know, whether it's just like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And I'll, you know, figure something out, get that first sketch out of the way or a couple sketches that kind of meets the needs. And then I'll get inspired and do some other stuff. And then it becomes like a, you know, sometimes it's a combination of two ideas or, you know, usually it's like, you know, at the end of the day, like I, I treat Robert like a client in the sense that like, as well as anyone else looking for design work in Skybound, then it's like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, see what the needs are in, you know, the design request mm-hmm. and see what I can do to contribute to the project and see how we can involve this even further. Um, and Negan Lives was one of those instances where he had an idea, but it was also like, if you've got anything else, go for it. Like, you know, so much of it was already like a secret to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, hey, just, kind of go nuts and let's see what happens. Um, and it, yeah, it was just one of those moments where the stuff that I got to do for myself ended up winning. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I still want to maintain, um, my design sensibilities and really try and push myself whether or not something gets, you know, approved as final mm-hmm. or the direction that we're going in. I still want to at least, you know, work out, you know, my design skills. So, um, I would still want to then include, you know, say for example, Negan lives, even though it's not on my portfolio or any, anything, but like, I like to show my process as much as I can, or I'm starting to be better at it. Um, and show, Hey, these were the ideas that I was throwing around before I got into whatever the final direction was. Okay. Um, now, are but, you not able to put Negan lives on your portfolio? I just, I, I just, <laughs> I just don't. It's more work, man. Like, it's more work. <laughs> it's just a thing where now it's uh, I got to work for myself, and it's just like after doing like a full day of of just my normal job, sure. to mm. try and like do other stuff. It's just like I'll do it one day, but um, 
you know, I mean, it's I, such it's such a good piece of work, though. Like, I mean, I normally don't get that excited about logos, but I'm really not just saying that because you're here. Like, I generally, <laughs> I generally mean that. Like, it's seriously such a solid, like, logo. Like, and I think that, I, and that's one of the things to me that Image and Skybound always like kind of put out is these solid logos. Like, what is it? Um, it just came out the Dead uh, Dead Man's Road, Dead Body Road, Dead Body Road, Dead Body Road. Yeah, yeah, Dead Body Road. That whole the, the whole wording, the the logo of that is just spectacular oblivion song spectacular you know thanks man yeah. and that was and that was the idea that speaking about oblivion song where robert's like i just want two o's overlapping yeah figure, figure the rest out <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll i'll just i'll explore yeah um, and it, it's 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 incredible I mean, that's what's sold to me i remember buying oblivion song number one just by accident because it happened to be on the counter and I was like, uh, I didn't even pay attention to the Robert Kirkman thing. It just uh, had me on the counter and I love the way the logo looked. And I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. And then the guy said, oh, yeah, this is the new thing from Robert Kirkman. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm sure I'll buy it. Right. And then now it's, you know, becoming a big series. And now it's, I think it's going to be a movie or a TV show, right? Uh, Are you movie. talking about that? Yeah. 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 Like it's, it's, it's been announced for a while yeah. now because we have a partnership with Universal. So they have yes. yeah. uh, on things. And, and Oblivion Song was one of the, titles that got greenlit um but yeah not being a part of the film realm of, of the company um i haven't heard what's going on obviously we're in a, in a very weird state very right weird now. state yeah um in like like most industries the entertainment industry was heavily impacted um, yeah. so, um i honestly production and even for you know comics industry which you know obviously the two of you are comics fans that like comics shut down for almost yeah. some time yeah. oh I know because I'm trying to read the uh, Empire series right now. Gotcha. It's such bullshit because like the they were gonna come out back then, right? And so now that they're not, they're just coming out like all of them are coming out like at once, basically every <laughs> week. You got like ten titles, and it's like, oh my god, yeah. I don't want to spend all this money on this damn titles. All but at I have once, to. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know like I'm I'm glad that things are are back to speed to a certain degree. Like you know as long as people are being safe and taking care of each other, like. I'm, I'm glad that at least comic shops can be open to certain degrees and yeah. out there, you know, they're already such a, a boutique type of uh, retail establishment that like, you know, any week that, you know, that they don't get new books is, could be potentially detrimental. Right. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. That's why I thought it was so cool that uh, Kirkman did that, the Negan lives, right. To help them out. Yeah. Like that was amazing. And yep. then, and the fact too, that it's, you know, you cannot, you cannot get that story digitally. You can only get it physically. So I was like, that's one. Well, I think that whole idea is needs to come back because I think that'll also add more value and more, more, more people in the comic book game to go, go out and buy them. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Like Robert has always is and will always be a comic book fan. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so that, that definitely helps just as far as like, you know, the amount of passion that comes from them as far as like at the end of the day also i want to make sure that comic shops still have something to sell whether it's yeah. mine or, or his i'm speaking like i'm robert I'm not um yeah <laughs> but uh but like you know at the end of the day that something that gets you know people in stores um and the fact that he is you know willing to you know invest in his creative teams for so long before a book even comes out um for the sake of you know obviously having issues banks because you know life always finds a way sure um but at the same time you know having these fun secrets that drop every now and then to get people in stores 
Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, Walking Dead, the, the last issue was like, just yeah. like that, right? Yep. That yeah. blew my mind. When I came out, I was like, what? Because <laughs> at that point, I had stopped reading them. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And yeah. like the, you know, the, that week or that month that oh, ju- was just a very, very crazy production month. I'm sure. Just because like it, w- it was a very, very tightly guarded secret. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. it had to be. Yeah. Um, and it was basically sent... Like we knew that it was just going to be an oversized issue just because of whatever the events that were leading to issue 193, mm-hmm. that it was just, you know, there was just more story to tell. Um, but obviously on the production side of things, that means, okay, we need to lock in page count because we need to let the printers know because obviously yeah. that, that can affect uh, print time or at least lead time to then hitting your in-store date. Um, Two, obviously, like, is there anything else new that I'm going to have to design or extra? I'm, you know, there's just so many moving parts to um, any book that, like, once it starts getting longer, it's like, okay, now we have to always make sure that there's X amount of pages because it always has to be multiples of four or, or right. whatever, depending on collection or format in general. Sorry. Um, that, like, once we got, I was sent in an email the PDF proof like the very rough lettering proof uh, by the um, editor-in-chief, um, Sean Makowitz. He was like, here, read this, and then uh, just come into my office when you're done because uh, we have something to talk about. Just because obviously me thinking it's the end of, of just that arc, that like maybe there's new design stuff happening. That yeah. like because he you know, constantly manages Robert's you know, schedule um, to a certain degree that – Obviously, okay, he probably has an idea of what Robert's looking for to design, not knowing that this is going to be the last issue of, of The Walking Dead. Right. And immediately, like, I'm reading and I'm like, wow, this kind of feels like things are, one, you know, not expecting the time jump, um, to then, I, I, I guess, spoiler alert? I don't know if, what, you know, it's been out for a while now, but... Um, I mean, I read it already, the so... Grace, for the listeners, yeah, like, what's the grace period that we... Yeah, no, I'll put a spoiler because warning. He's, he got yelled at like a bunch of times for spoiler alerts in different episodes. Hey, and one of the hey, episodes, he I talks about spoiler alert. <laughs> I said, I told him, I go, fuck that because it's a, like a two year old video game. Like, if they didn't read it, if they didn't play it, that's their fault. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Um, but, anyways, like reading is like, wow, this is kind of feeling like he's buttoning things up in an in interesting way. And then, you know, the very last page says the end. And I'm like, the end. <laughs> what is ha- so immediately then have like a much larger strategy meeting now of like what this means because at the same time it was that same sweet spot that happens every four years um where it happened i think at that time i wasn't when i started at skybound i wasn't quite doing a, a lot of the production work i was still uh working with at that time the former production manager mm-hmm. there at Image Comics, um, where in one, in a span of like a month and a half, there's a hardcover or there's a trade hardcover, an omnibus and a compendium all due to print. Uh, like within- Oh my God, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, it just takes a lot of organizing and just mental clarity because you're sometimes you're reading the same thing. Right. Or times depending <laughs> on the format collection. And uh, so this, 
at that time when the when 193 was about to go in production, we were in that same boat of sending a you know trade hardcover omnibus and compendium, and now we had to secretly plan for these extra you know pages that now because this is the end, mm-hmm. um, you know we had to now secretly try and tell Image and and our and Image tell our printers like oh it's just going to be longer. It's just gonna, but not the reason why it's gonna right. be long. It's the you know ultimate end to the series. Wow. Um, so there was just a lot of just you know trying to you know find the right way to say hey you know so it's looking like it's gonna be this much longer. Um, can you now send a new uh, cover template so we know how you know how wide the spine is right. for every single collection. Uh, the omnibuses are the the oversized hardcovers that have the slip cases. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah. That then you know so that's then two pieces that now have to get reformatted because now they're wider or or, or thicker than right. than previously spec'd out. So it was just a constant, you know, changing because then it's like okay now like Roberts because he, he he put together a very lovely, um, you know, thank you letter to yeah. to the series um, which. Uh, so much of, you know, especially with his longer titles, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff that I got to contribute with The Walking Dead. But, you know, so much of, I guess, the brand aesthetic had already been figured out for clearly over 10 years. Right. Yeah, of course. So yeah. Our role for the in-house design team was just generally production. Uh, unless there was like maybe a, a subtitle design for a new arc, like the Whisperer War or... Sure. Uh, or the, uh, or I'm drawing a blank, but either way, like there's, you know, smaller moments, smaller design things, but again, nothing that's going to change the overall look. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it was again, you know, very sweet that, you know, Robert was able to like personally thank a lot of the Skybound staff, you know, myself included, which was not expecting that at all, but like sure. to have that be a part of, you know, clearly a monumental comic series, mm-hmm. um, was was just like the icing on the cake, but at the same time we're sweating it because it's like okay now his letter is going to be this much longer and everything. <laughs> right. right, right, just, right. It was just a you know a mad dash to get everything done secretly until then we could then tell image fully and the rest right. of Skybound because so much of um, you know what we do in general at Skybound you know everyone needs to know everything especially like our social media team right. PR. Um, anything else, you know, video games, et cetera, because obviously there's, there's canon to, to end story that needs to be right. shared mm-hmm. to our other, you know, partners um, who are actually working on the Walking Dead license that like, hey, this is kind of now what's happening uh, because now it's done. <laughs> <laughs> now that print one was low, right? It was, it was, uh, it was low or I think it was, it was normal. They, they just, they didn't, they didn't, we didn't overprint anything. Um, just because obviously um, we didn't want to sway anyone into thinking like why is why are the numbers a lot higher? Got you. Uh, and maintain the illusion, uh, especially because uh, Robert or Skybound had solicited issues, you know, one ninety four, one ninety five, one ninety six issues that never existed. Mm-hmm. But we had to, you know, Skybound had to maintain the line publicly for almost a full year. Let alone, you know, any interview that Robert ever had talking about you know, The Walking Dead in general, I'm sure someone would ask, so, you know, when's it going to end? Right, right, yeah. right. So that kind of stuff. But again, like, you know, it's so much of, you know, comics is like, at least what I do, 
so much like unseen, which is fine, which is like just the general production. Mm-hmm. And I always knew that like, because comics, you know, once I was even still in school, you know, I always bring up comics just as far as like, if we had mood boards kind of p- do paste ups of like, I really like this logo for one reason, or I like the design of this, you know, book layout, et cetera, or this, you know, special edition graphic novel of something. Mm-hmm. Right. It was always in my head that like, hey, you know, these are designed well, but like what immediately gets, you know, laughed at or, you know, eyes roll because we're talking about Spider-Man or, or whoever. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I knew that it's like, well, if I can't necessarily get into comics for design, that's one thing, but someone's got to send this to the printer. Yeah. That's like, you know, but again, it was obviously me trying to find that route of like how that works um, because it's, you know, s- such a big industry totally, yeah. um, that like knowing that like th- it is possible to have a career that like, even if I was just working in production, it would still be cool. Yeah. Totally. You know, I'm very lucky enough to be able to design at the same time as yeah. well as, you know, obviously do all just the, the, the busy work that goes into to comics of, you know, making sure, you know, things are formatted correctly. Resolutions are, are up to par so that then, you know, we can upload to the printer without having problems and, you know, things don't get moved or things aren't put upside down for some reason. Right. Right. Uh, right. So it's, it, it's been nice that I've been able to kind of do both where most of my career was already in print mm-hmm. and I could at least do that on the, on the, just when it's, you know, the least exciting stuff, but then yeah. I'm able to, you know, help design and contribute to brands at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Crazy. Now I have to tell you what makes it even more of a big inspiration, at least in my opinion, is that, you know, you're a, you're a Latinx mm-hmm. and you're in this role. And it's so great to know that we have fellow Latinx like us, yeah. you know, doing a role like that. And I, cause I can imagine there's probably not that many Latinx art directors out there. You know, I, I have not met many in my, in my storied career of just bouncing from office to office. You know, I did not not see a lot. Um, I think that's something you should be really proud for because like you're representing us in a way that's like, look, he can do it. And that shows that other people of us can do it. And because I think the Latin community gets very, I think kind of forgotten about, especially in the world of like arts. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we're so driven by that. You know what I mean? All that stuff, you know, from where it's the visuals of, you know, painting, the visuals of even cars, you know, all that stuff. And it's just nice to see that someone, you know, of your stature is is in that role and you represent the Latin community very well. So, yeah. Appreciate it, man. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting because like, again, I I think, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, just, you know, being a good Mexican or not, like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm the one to really. So that way, all of us are bad, apparently. (laughs) So you wait, you are Mexican though, correct? Yes. Okay. Half half Mexican, half just white. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, But no, like, you know, it is, you know, it is very inspiring just that like, you know, I, I might not, you know, I I don't have a, a a social media following, it's fine. It's actually great. Um, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, like for people who read comics, just to see a name like mine is, is crazy because like, if, if I were to say my, like my, I have a pretty Mexican name, like, so what is it? Uh, I, like Andres Guillermo Juarez. That's, that's a mouthful. Oh, okay. Uh, but like, it's not that bad. Mine's way worse. Okay, what's yours? <laughs> Let's hear it with an accent. I'm never gonna say that on the show. Never. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm yeah. never gonna say it. I, 
my mother listens to this podcast and I'll tell you right now, she knows I hate my full name. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is, you know, it is inspiring that like, you know, obviously like some kid can see my name in a comic book. Absolutely. You're like, yeah. Oh, I've got like, I got a cousin who's named Andres or, or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Or just like the last name Juarez. Yeah, yeah. Like it is, it is, like it is cool like on on the on the one hand to just have my name in anything right sure. yeah it, which is which is you know rare cuz most of i feel like the design space is built on just like you know there's no credits anywhere mm-hmm. you know unless you know you're actively talking about like a big rebrand for a major company sure we'll sure. talk about designers involved but again it's you know it's it's kind of a a nameless job mhm Unless, you know, clearly you're following people who are just constantly sharing their work. Um, so on the one hand, just to just have my name on something, it's crazy. Um, totally. But, you know, to use it as like an inspiration is 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 awesome because like it, everyone should be able to do anything at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, right. Everyone should be able to see themselves at like any position that, that they I mean, might want to be. Right. And I think every kid should have that ability to be like, like you said, it's like, look at that last name. Like, that's me. You know what I mean? Like, that's whoever. And I think that's great. And I think um, that's such a good point. Yeah. And like, it's just because like, I feel like, you know, obviously it, it's, it's great now that, uh, you know, most of entertainment or just, I guess, you know, the world is becoming more inclusive, aware of each other. Um, mm-hmm. That like, you know, obviously with comics, that's no exception. Like, People just want to tell new stories, you mm-hmm. know, and highlight, um, new perspectives, uh, and new talent. Um, because you know, we're comics are, are clearly a very visual medium. Absolutely, right. like you know, clearly um, there's there's a way to, to to you know, everything is on the line <laughs> at the end of the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that like you know, to to be able to you know have characters that look like you or you know look like some of your friends or you know distant relatives etc is is awesome mm-hmm. like like i remember being a kid where <laughs> and i don't know if this is gonna piss people off but like you know so much you know so much of like my childhood was like ninja turtles or sure. yep. you know, hey, hey. um obviously 90s x-men was just uh. <laughs> un- unbeatable uh especially with the cartoon and and toys like all of the merchandise all of it was great but like good question quick question because you brought yeah. the toys of x-men nobody remembers this so if you remember this this shows that you're my soulmate <laughs> uh, um do you remember a toy by the x-men uh the 90s x-men and it yeah. was a like a wolverine and in his chest there was a little lens and you pull his chest out and you put little film disc in there you put the film disc in there and then you close the chest of it and then you push the ba- his back, and a light projects the the film cell on the wall. No, I don't. I don't remember. Like the one I like the ones that I remember the most, which I don't think they were. I think it was mainly X Men, but I think I definitely had the Spider Man one. But it was like like a voice box backpack thing that you yeah. Like, were, oh, I remember yeah, those. yeah. That you just push a button, and it would say like whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. Three yeah. Right. I remember right. Those, but the the like little uh, viewfinder thing. No, I don't remember that one. Damn. Interesting. I, if you if if you would have said yeah, I'd be like, oh my god, <laughs> I am your I am your son, <laughs> because but, like, no, like a lot of just the toys, I think, like especially just like obviously after you know a reflection period that like most of like the toys that I had were 
like creature-based where mm. clearly like, you can't tell an ethnicity like the turtles for instance they're just right they're, they're turtles. turtles right um like you know i had like colossus and yeah. like nightcrawler was also my guy and like just you know, non people looking characters mm -hmm. like yeah, no, totally. looking characters that like those were my jam and like i always kind of pretended that wolverine was mexican you know, I've actually heard okay. that from a few people before. Have you? Yeah, I've had. I've heard that from a few people. Oh, like obviously, like you know, we know he's Canadian, but yeah. like, you know, what it is. It's the hair. It's the hair. <laughs> the height. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's shorter. He's kind of barrel chested. Yeah. Uh, for for leisure, he wears cowboy boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can think a lot of my uncles. I'm thinking of family too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I never thought That's of that. A... that description where he just always kind of just a little standoffish, disgruntled, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like he's a little cool. So like, I just kind of made up the story that like, oh yeah, he, the Wolverine, he's, he's Mexican. <laughs> No. He's Mexican. Just, just raised in Canada. That, that, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, you know, obviously, like you know, clearly, you know, I, you know, there, there was clearly a lack of representation, and so obviously, yeah. like, you know, the, the fact that like people, you know, I definitely did took it upon myself to make my own story. Mm -hmm. At the yeah. end of the day, like that's I think also the power of what media can do is that like regardless of what's being told, you can make it your own, which yeah. is great. Um, just because like, you know, so much of at least what I was, you know, aware of pop culture wise, like didn't necessarily skew Mexican. Yeah. No, not really. And that's just because of, you know, me, what I was looking for. Right. Uh, I mean, it was cool that, you know, there was, uh, cause I, you, you talked about him uh, in, I can't remember what episode it was, but bringing up Spider-Man 2099. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Miguel O'Hara. You know, I thought Hara. he was going to say Blue Beetle again. I was like, God <laughs> damn it. Blue Beetle. Like, I mean, like I know that Blue Beetle has like kind of a, a has had a, a you know a, a resurgence, but like didn't necessarily follow him. But mm -hmm. like it's because he sucks. I hate Blue Beetle. <laughs> I mean, like because at the end of the day, like you know, here's you know a half Mexican, half white guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like my brother's name is Miguel. That I'm like yeah. this is this is close. This is cool. And I'm, like at the time, like you're also been looking at primetime Marvel comics. Yep. Everything had a special fit, like hologram foil metal embossing like right. all of the stuff uh, that shitty like, 90s holographic uh, <laughs> cover they did do you remember yeah. that those weird yeah. shitty ass ones <laughs> yep. that yeah. like again you know still has a soft spot in my heart even just as you know now being in comics as as a designer that i'm like trying to like fit in like you know can we just do a foil? <laughs> like, I know we're starting a new series, but like, you know, my answer is going to be foil. Like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I kind of the same way. Like, I think I always get excited when I see the foil. So that's when I saw the gold and silver. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got to get the Negan Lives gold yeah. foil. I mean, because of that, you, you did put foil on your comic book as well. Because you, oh, that's you, you right, wanted it. Yeah, You're for, right. For yeah, Captain yeah, yeah, yeah. My comic book. Yeah. That's right. Captain S. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, uh, you know, okay. So I, I did want to ask you. Uh, because <laughs> I don't did you listen to our first episode? Uh, that was pandemics. I no, I think I started listening around. Um, sorry, my my cat is trying to talk to me. Um, the uh, it was the episode I think leading into, or I think I I jumped about middle. So like it was the the Black Lives Matter episode. Mm. Yeah. Um, to then jumping around to 
<laughs> why Spider-Man sucks. Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I said, fuck Peter, yeah, said fuck Peter Parker. So I didn't, I didn't get a chance to listen to the first episode. So I, I bring this up because we talked a lot about walking dead. We talked a lot about Shane and, yeah. uh, what I want, since you know, obviously you're a part of that, I want to kind of get your opinion on something. So I'm a I'm a huge fan of Shane. I think Shane is probably one of the best characters written in Walking Dead, and probably written period, in my opinion. Like he's just so well written. Mm-hmm. He's uh his his thought process, I think, is is always overlooked that he's this awful person. He's a cheater, you know, not a cheater, but he broke his best friend's heart or whatever. But it's like I think when you look at the circumstance and you look at everything that happened. I think he did what most logical people would probably do in those situations. And I think people seem to overlook that, especially like in the, in, the especially TV in the show. TV show. Yeah, yeah. And the TV show, especially, right. Like, you know, he made a lot of cho- hard choices and, you know, people say like he killed Otis or whatever, whatever. And it's like, look, but it's either that guy's life or it's his best friend's son's life. What do you do? Right. Right. So I'm just curious. So where do you stand with the, the Shane character? Do you like him? Do you hate him? Is he whatever I, to you? Does he not matter to you? <laughs> And I think, you know, a lot of it, cause like, you know, it, it speaks to, and it, it's definitely a lot to the, like, I think Skybound's ethos of how we approach story is that, you know, here we are talking, you're, you're bringing up a question um, about a, a story set in the zombie apocalypse, sure. but we're talking about someone who ends up, you know, with his best friend's wife. You know, we're talking about like human relationship yeah. problems. Yes. Right. Uh, and that's always been like our focus as far as telling stories of, yes, there could be extraordinary circumstances in which this, you know, world is in, um, whether it's the zombie apocalypse or, um, you know, a superhero story, et cetera. But like at the core of our, of our stories is just the people involved. Whether they are people or not, you know, right. superheroes, aliens, mm-hmm. you know, etc., monsters, whatever. Um, at the core of it is is the relationship between these characters. And again, you know, here we are now talking about you know someone's extramarital affairs in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, um, which is which is crazy to think about. That like you know that's the, that's the angle that we're you know we're we're hyped on is is right. just like was this person in in the right or the wrong right. Um, and again, like I think to the to you know Robert's credit, he you know not that he needs it, you know he's yeah, sure. not, he's not right next to me like with, you know with a, <laughs> a twenty dollar bill that he's gonna slide over. Yeah. But but like you know he, you know he was able to fully develop a character who clearly oh. wasn't around full enough, and to still yeah. be memorable. Oh yes. Um, and you know I can understand his decision. Like you see it very clearly. Yeah. Um. And, and it, it, you, now this is this person's family and like this. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm so glad it's, you said that because so many people don't want to see that. It's like, yeah, this became his family and it's like, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Right. And cause it's like, you know, here, you know, here people were in, you know, clearly that wasn't necessarily spelled out like how much time Rick was in the hospital mm-hmm. to, and he finally is able to meet up with, with the camp. Um, but again, you know, things can just happen. Like life can just happen at you. Oh, real yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, again, I think people can get lost in just time frame of stuff. Yeah. Sure. That like, of course, this is now the new social norm. Mm-hmm. This is just how the world works. Relationships are super important now, whether they be, 
personal, extramarital, like whatever, that like clearly you need people to survive. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, they all made choices that involved their survival at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. Um, so like it, it, you could definitely see the merit in his decision. Very well said, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, talk, uh, talking more to the point of, you know, you're focusing on people's relationships and people, that's kind of the thing, like some other, you know, uh, writers might have just gone about the world that they're in, you know, zombies. It's all right. about surviving zombies, but, you know, you're you're, you continue to focus on the human element because humans yeah. are, are, are complex creatures. And yep. how are we going to act in a situation like that? And that, that's what I really love about them is that you right. go deep into human feelings, human emotions. Yeah. Like, and it's, it is like, it is cool just to see how, regardless of whatever the spectacle is, yeah, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever the, you know, the thing that's going to get people excited, you know, whether it's about, you know, you know, uh, a, a family of magicians or, um, you know, zombies or superheroes or alternate, you know, takes on, on history, like with manifest destiny or, you know, a fantasy tale that like yeah. clearly once you get past all the, you know, the magical creatures or extraordinary circumstances that it's, yeah, it's, it's about people dealing with each other mm -hmm. uh, that like really I think is able to um, I think unlike most comic books in general um, really get a much broader audience because you know people can recognize I think immediately what a story is about yep. more so than than anything else that like yeah I, I bought it for you know because it's it's a it's a gory zombie book or whatever that like sure. oh, mm -hmm. oh about it's a soap it's a soap opera yeah. oh yes <laughs> right, absolutely right. yeah especially the tv show i mean that's why it did so well right mm -hmm. yeah. i know that I, i'm assuming now the ratings are probably dropping because i just think it's been a long time right so you know yeah and like i mean and so much just the tv show is 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 handled completely out of house I, well, like, sure, that's sure, sure yeah yeah that's robert's baby with amc and yep. Like I'm, I'm fine to have like one less vlogging thing. Yeah, dude, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> worry about I'm sure. Uh, I have to ask. Uh, yeah. Do you think Battle Pope will ever come back? That's the one thing that we always throw around in the office. Like, really <laughs> awesome. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like you know, it, it's definitely of its time for sure. <laughs> oh my god, so much of its time. <laughs> but I mean, the fact that like it has clearly resonated with a lot of people is yes. Let's us know that like there's clearly a weird need for it. <laughs> weird need for it. So, I have to, I have to tell the story real fast. The reason why I discovered that book, I was a young 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 kid and the uh, Dogma had came out and if you look closely in Dogma, I want to say yeah. somebody's reading Battle Pope in the background and I yeah. was like what the fuck is that book like i was so confused by that and then yeah. i looked into it more at the time and then i finally found a copy and i was like this is amazing how did i not know about this like whatever yeah um yeah so yeah that's my story about that yeah, it, was, it was which i didn't hadn't heard about because even then this was like years and years and years ago now but like uh i can't remember where we were at what store but uh my wife went to csu long beach uh for college and I was visiting her for the weekend and we were somewhere and uh, so this priest guy bound, you know, still, you know, early 2010s, if that, um, I was wearing a Walking Dead shirt just out and about. Nice. Uh, we were running errands and doing something. And the person ringing us up had brought up Battle Pope. He's like, oh man, we heard about it. 
Battle Pope? That's crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not, you know, not necessarily picking up on really what he's talking about. And like, I think even then, it still felt like it was like, almost like he was just publishing it and selling it out of his trunk of his car. Like, it, it was kind of like a, oh, you think The Walking Dead's cool? Like, you need to check this out. Like, it would be like, kind of like a secret thing, which it wasn't at the time. Right, it really wasn't, yeah. But it felt like it was just this, you know, ultimate, like, you know, secret of, of comics storytelling that like, yeah. then obviously once I started working at Skybound, I was able to just see a trade and be like, oh, this is what <laughs> Yeah, Battle Pope is a, that's something that I've been wanting to come back really bad. Like I would, I would petition so hard to make Battle Pope come <laughs> yeah. back. Let's start um, a petition now. Yeah, yeah. Man, let's do it. Whatever we can do, Uncle Dad family, let's go. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Battle Pope is just such a great forgotten story. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, like I feel like if it were to come back there, you know, I think uh, art wise, you know, probably some of the story details might have to change a little bit. Sure. But, I'm sure. Especially in today's world. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's interesting how much people are like super like gung ho about, about battle Pope for something that just felt like it was immediately kind of written off, but clearly resonated with, with a lot of people. It's, you know what? And it's, it's so true because it's, it was like kind of there and gone. Cause like when I discovered it, you know, that was like a long time ago too. Cause I can't remember when Dogma came out, but Dogma came out a long time ago and that's how I discovered it. So it's like, you know, I, I read it and then it kind of just disappeared and I never, but I always think about it. Like I always have it in the back <laughs> of my head, like, Oh, battle Pope. And then like, then that's how you connect with other readers. I think. Cause like when I go to like cons or comic shops, you know, yeah. I'll be like, Oh, walking dead, but have you read battle Pope? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause if they read battle Pope, then it's like, okay, now I know they're more yeah, than just right. A, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Andres, do you still have time to talk some more? Or you got to get going. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to get some more opinions from you as far because now we got your story out the way. We got everything out the way. We got talking yeah. about being Latin, which is amazing. Uh, in your opinion, what? How do you feel about? Uh, so I, you heard our last episode, and we mm -hmm. talked a lot about diversity. And since you're also in the comic book industry, I kind of want to get your opinion on that. Yeah. Obviously, I know it might be a little different for you because obviously you are of diversity. Right. Um, but how do you feel about the way we see diversity in comic books? It's, it's all a step in the right direction, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the circumstances of how genuine it is, clearly the public might never know. But sure. right. you know, any step forward is good. Um, how big the step is, obviously, is up for debate. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, clearly... Uh, people are different. The world, you know, like we're, yeah, we're different. is unique. Like, why not tell a story? Why not create an environment for readers, for for anyone, whoever you know, whatever the media that can relate to everyone? Not necessarily at the same time, mm -hmm. but um, but why not have an opportunity for people to really believe the world that you're crafting and and yeah. create a world that is that is true to um, what's going on and, and depicting people of, of all kinds, you know, uh, whether it's, it's race, um, to sexuality, to, um, to anything else that like, why not have a world that seems fully real? Like you're only going to make your story that much better when you really have everything fleshed out. Like, and that's just on the story set as, as a person who just wants to see more stuff out there. Yes, of course. Like yeah. why not have, anything be told like would you like to see more hispanic characters 
Oh, of course. I, you know, I, you know, I'd love to see, you know, non-Hispanic, like any other, just, just because of my specific, you know, experiences and, you know, my sure, identity sure. and what I've grown up with. Yes, that's, that's great. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, I've, I've never been, you know, a New York, not to defend Marvel by any means, but like, again, I've never lived in New York. I've never been written by, by a radioactive spider. Um, <laughs> I was never raised by my aunt and uncle, but like I had, you know, I was also in high school. I was also a young person battling, you know, social pressures to, you know, job pressures to everything else that like, you know, people will find a way to, you know, make their own truth at the end of the day. Um, but again, if, if there's more, more visibility everywhere, it's, it's great. Like one of the, uh, and again, like one of, not that this movie needs any more praise, but uh, Into the Spider-Verse is obviously great. Yes. Yes. Um, we talk about that character a lot in the show. <laughs> yeah. Miles, yeah. 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 That like one of the things that, that really, really touched me in that movie was that in the scenes where, you know, Miles is, is talking with his parents at home, there was never an instance of subtitles between anything mm. that he was talking with his mom. Like I grew up in a bilingual home mm -hmm. that like seeing like, you know, I could understand what, what uh, Miles's mom was saying mm -hmm. that like, and it, you know, it, it was simple. Like, you know, don't forget this. Don't like, you know, just basic, like, you know, stuff that a parent would say. Right. But there was never an instance of, sh you know, subtitles showing up on screen. Interesting. And I honestly never thought about that. Yeah. That's a good point. And for me, it's like, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, I understand Spanish. I didn't know exactly. And, and it's, and it's you know, again, it's, it wasn't anything crucial to the plot of the movie by any means. Mm -hmm. No. no, um, no she no. wasn't divulging, you know, crucial information or, or, or callback information for later down the road. It was just simple parent stuff. Um, and when I was in the theater, um, there were, you know, obviously it was just a, a mixed crowd of, of kids and adults. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, a kid flat out saying, what did she say? Just, yeah. you know, in the theater. Um, and, it, you know, it brought me back to just when I was a kid and, you know, whether I had friends at home, whether it was a birthday party or just hanging yeah. out, that like, you know, my dad would say something just real quick, you know, just like, oh, you know, make sure, you know, lights out by whatever time or whatever. And, yeah. you know, I'd have friends be like, what did, you, what, what did your dad say? <laughs> Not like you know, they were shocked, but like clearly, you know, my dad had said something to me mm -hmm. about, you know, the party that's happening. Sure. That like, you know, for me, it was just, it just felt like, oh, this is, this is really real. Again, you know, you're taking a fantastic circumstance of a kid being, you know, bitten by a radioactive mm -hmm. spider from a dimension and, and everything else. But like, again, you know, that one tiny little moment like in that movie, which was like barely a second, mm -hmm. five seconds of just this quick little exchange between Miles and his parent that I'm like, there was clearly someone who made this movie who knows, or, or you know, is of a certain background that's like, oh, this is, this is how I talked with my parents, or this is how, or no, this is how they talked to me because they were kind of giving me an order and it was meant like, <laughs> yeah. right in trouble or because right. I needed to do something or put something away mm -hmm. um, that like, again, you know, here was this clearly giant blockbuster of a movie. Yeah. And there was, there was that little tiny moment that like made me feel kind of seen a little bit, mm -hmm. but I'm like, 
this is crazy. That's actually a very good point. It, it's not something I had thought about either because I grew up in a bilingual household as well. And that happened all the time with me and, and my dad specifically because he's from Mexico. And he was always, you know, getting me to, to speak in Spanish. And right. so, yeah, he would force me. I'm talking with my mom or with someone else. He'd come in and he'd say something in Spanish. And, you know, I would, if I respond in English, he would repeat it again in Spanish or tell me in, in Espanol, chingao. You know, right. and oh, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's a very good point. And you're right. That is obviously taking out the, you know, the spider bite, the, the, the superpowers, that's someone's yeah. culture. That's someone's family. That's a real experience that people right. can, can attach to whether or not it's, you know, your, your family speaks Spanish, maybe it's a different language, but right. your household right. can possibly do that. So that's, it's a really good point of view that I never thought of. So, you so, know how we talked earlier about being a bad Mexican. Clearly, both of you guys know Spanish. I don't even know anything. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I win the battle. Well, it's <laughs> it not a battle like, you want to win. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, like, I mean, it, we're just, we're just you know, battling for last place. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I who's, got last place, I guess. Who's the least worst, yeah. <laughs> who's the least worst? Uncle, Uncle Dad's the least worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you, you do speak Spanish then, correct? Yeah, well, like, part of it was, like... You know, my house was, yeah, maybe this is where I, you know, land in the, the bronze medal. I don't know. <laughs> but like, at the same time, you know, it, it was definitely more of like a, like a one-way conversation of like, because it was always like, hey, pick up your, pick up this up, you know, mm -hmm. put this away, where, you know, where's your jacket, you know, whatever. But right. it was like all these quick, like, you know, three word sentences from my dad. <laughs> But, you know, again, it was just a matter of, like, I didn't want to speak Spanish. Same. Or, and so that would, you know, create just another round of more questions or, or, or uh, orders in Spanish. Yep. Um, but, again, it was just, like, a thing that we, you know, it, it also just bounced back. And my dad would just bounce back and forth between uh, English and Spanish. Spanish. But, you know, you know, oftentimes it was just easier just to fire off something in Spanish real quick. And, you know, we pick it up, especially, like, if we were, you know, if he was also trying to be, like, you know, not, especially like in a social situation of like <laughs> trying to not to be like, all right, everyone shut up. Like it's time for, <laughs> you know, like you know, low key, say something in Spanish that like no one else was going to understand, but me like, Hey, you guys better shut up. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah that's so <laughs> true. Like, you know, and, you know, in, in Spanish, it sounds great. It sounds, you know, awesome and sexy. Yeah. You have to wait a month that like, I yeah. need to cool it. Yeah. So, like, no, so like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, then it's like, just like, oh, then, you know, my buddies would say like, oh, what did you, what did, what did your dad say? He's like, oh, we, we just have to just move it in the back. We're yeah, fine. exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't relate to that. So my parents both spoke to me in English and they're both Mexican and my mom's from Mexico. Uh, my dad is, uh, my dad is from, I don't even know where my dad's from. <laughs> but, you take uh, bronze yeah. officially. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But the only, the, see, the only way I can relate to what you guys are saying is through my grandmother. So my grandmother, mm. I refer to her as my nana, as mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys do that, but I uh, do. Mantabola. Okay, sure, sure. And so, you know, I, uh, my parents were young when they had me. So when they had me, I spent, spent a lot of time with my nana and she would speak to me in Spanish. And to this day, I have no idea what the <laughs> fuck she would say to me. But for some reason, she would speak to me and like, I know what she says to me. Mm -hmm. Sure. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so like when yeah. you say that, it's like, it's yeah. interesting. And I didn't want to speak Spanish, just kind of like how you guys are saying. But like, for some reason, she would speak to me. And just because I'm with her all the time, I don't know. 
like I understood, oh, this means I need to put my shit away or I need to go to sleep Mm -hmm. or something. Right. right? So I just, I wonder where does that come from? Why do we get those instincts like that? I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it was, I mean, at at the, at the one hand, I was very lucky to obviously be able to understand another language Sure. uh, Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. growing up. Uh, on the flip side of that, that's how I found out that Santa wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> they were having a conversation of where stuff was, and oh no, there and found it. That's a horrible spoiler way to find alert out. if there's any kids listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's gonna be a ton of spoiler warnings in this episode. I know. Uh, we're just gonna call this episode "Spoiler Alert" as fuck. We're gonna, this episode's gonna be uh, Andres Juarez says Santa isn't real. <laughs> Everybody hate him, not yeah. us. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, I, you know, uh, we're gonna wrap up the show here a little bit, but I wanted yeah. to ask before we get to that point, um, what's kind of like the future for you? Like, what's on the docket for for you? Kind of coming up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so much of it is like obviously still trying to maintain a sense of normalcy in this right. time, and you know lucky enough to still have a job yeah Mm -hmm. you know a a very um scary time um but then you know still to to see things obviously bounce back would be great um personally it's 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 been interesting because like i've I've talked to like a few people of just like even on the on the other side of things of like how i can share my skills and, and talents with with other people that might not necessarily know, especially like in comics in general, like how to make them, you know, obviously like, you know, I'm not a writer, I'm not an illustrator or not a letterer, but like you also just have to get them printed mm-hmm. um, to, you know, obviously if, if I can, you know, design for some stuff, cool. But like at the end of the day, yeah. like <clears throat> there's so many resources that I still feel that are secret for some reason, like, especially like in the art community, Oh, yeah. Like just, you know, obviously you don't want to show all of your secrets, but like if you can help people make stuff, um, why not share that on the, you know, on regularly? Like, again, you know, so much of my social media is just like, hey, I worked on this. I don't know what else to say, but I made this thing. <laughs> no hashtags. <laughs> that like, you know, I feel now like, I should show process. I, I should, should absolutely. Show, like, how I, I, this. I, I just so happen to, you know, be lucky to work in, I think what's deemed automatically is like a cool job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, you know, always, you know, feels nice. It's like, oh, I don't have to explain where I work to my family anymore <laughs> or <laughs> friends or new people. But right. like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I work at Skybound. Sky we, we publish comics. Are, you know, one of the biggest ones is Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Versus like, oh, I work at an ad agency and our biggest client is in the biotech field or in. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. like, what does that mean? What do you do? Or any of that stuff um, that I, you know, on the surface, I can show cool stuff, which helps because it looks flashy and loud and interesting. But like, I feel like, you know, there's just stuff to share. And, you know, I'm trying to be better of just, you know, sh- be open about my process because I feel just a lot of it, just even coming from a design background, a lot of that isn't shared unless you're, you know, doing work for a major agency that does something for a major company and you're able to see an entire case study of the rationale and how they approached their design brief. 
Right. You don't see that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it too, just as far as like my comic tastes within the past couple of years have shifted more towards like the really, really independent self-published comic book space, zine space of like what people are doing with very little yeah. sources. And it's, it's super inspiring just to see, you know, the art that's being made, the stories that are being told, and how they're physically producing the stuff. Um, and it's inspiring just because, you know, here, here are people with just, you know, small accesses to either printers or uh, designer, illustrators, et cetera, or it's, they're doing everything themselves. And it's yeah. awe-inspiring. Yeah. Um, so I look a lot to what um, just that indie scene is doing just because it's like, what can I learn from this? Like, I'm looking to, you know, the very... And I don't want to say amateur because, you know, a lot of people aren't, but like what could be deemed as amateur because it's not on the same rack as, you know, the rest of the comics, even just with right. Image or Dark Horse or any mm -hmm. other um, independent publishers that, you know, it is really cool just to kind of take a step back out of like the sphere that I'm in and see what's being done and just be inspired. And it is, you know, and again, depending on artists, especially on that smaller side, you know, they're actively sharing like, oh, this is how you set up a zine. This right. is how, mm -hmm. you, you know, this is how you have to set up your spreads. This is how you should, you know, this is the kind of stapler you should get um, just to make sure you can get it all together. Huh. Um, huh. So I feel like, you know, I, I kind of owe it to just people who are starting mm -hmm. in, you know, in design in general, let alone who want to get into comics. It's like, there's not just what you think a comic book job is. Right, right. Like, you know, there's so much more that, you know, than drawing or inking or lettering or writing, but you know, there's there's design to it. And right. it feels like, you know, clearly comics have changed for the better as far as just overall design. Um, and it's, I feel kind of lucky to be a part of that now. As yeah, as, totally. Like, you know, you know, making a, a thing look good. Because now, now I, I can be held accountable because my name's on it. Right. And, you know, if, if something is kind of shitty, like, <laughs> they'll know yeah. that I did it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, totally, totally. Um, you bring up such a great thing right now about independent publishing and stuff. So I don't know if you know this about Uncle Dad, but what we do is we do independent publishing as well. Yeah. And so I kind of created this space because I, I love people's ideas. I love open conversations about comic books and I want to get people to have, you know, kind of make more comics. So I came up with the idea of kind of making my own publishing company. Oh, cool. So we did it and we just released our first book and it's actually a re-release of a Bay area classic called Captain Asshole's Guide to Dating. Yeah. And we had the show, we had him on the show. His name is Mike Hampton. He's the guy, he's a great yeah. guy. Probably one of my favorite dudes. Did you listen to his episode? Yeah. Uh, I listened. Well, he was, he was one of the, the speakers on the, uh, the Black Lives Matter. That's right. Black yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So we talked a lot about, you know, with him and stuff and, you know, you talk to your point, it's like, you know, it, 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 it is such an interesting time for everything right now. And it's like, look, I'd rather create than not create anything. So it's like, you know, even though yes, I'm not creating it, but like you're saying about like doing different things in comics, it's like, I'm so blessed that I can be a, a publisher, if you will. And, kind of sell this book and now you know we're almost sold out of the book so it's like that's awesome you know it's, it's pretty great uh, in fact i actually was going to say uh could i send you some copies of it just for you just sure. for you not not yeah. to yeah. not yeah just so you can read it see what you think yeah for sure that'd be awesome and i would and love to get your uh, notes on design <laughs> yeah sure. 
I'll, I'll, I'll get my red Sharpie out. Like, yeah, oh, no, you, you know what? Actually, don't do that. Cause Mike is probably going to be like, cause so this, that book originally came out 20 years ago and Mike was only like 20 years old. Yeah. So when he did that, I'm sure there's tons of mistakes, <laughs> but, but we're no, working on a new, we're working on bringing it back. So go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, like you bring a good point that like, you know, so much is now possible on the small scale mm-hmm. that really yes. you're the only thing stopping anyone from making anything is yourself. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 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 So that, you know, yeah. clearly if, if you are passionate about whatever you're passionate about, there are channels to do it in a, in a very, you know, economical fashion. You oh, know, yeah. If mm-hmm. you want to get into comics, you can put it on Instagram. You, like there's, there's means to share your art with the world yep. oh, yeah. on a very, very basic, basic level. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that is very exciting that like, you know, People can just get together and make stuff. Um, and clearly in a time where people can't physically be around each other, there's, there's tools like, you know, what we're using now to just talk to each other mm-hmm. that like oh, yeah. things can be produced, art can be made um, of all kinds. And like, why not like put yourself out there as a resource oh, uh, right. to, to make stuff. Um, and so like, yeah, I, I just find a lot of, uh, I'm lucky enough that my local comic shop, has a, a really great rotating, you know, section of just the self-published independent like awesome. Z base that you know. That's amazing. Me, I'm I'm just a big fan of anything that is like neon pink, and a lot of that space is just like Risograph printed, where yes. it's just bright fluorescent colors. And yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's that's yeah, where yeah. money's gonna go. So. Yeah. Um, See, and I'm all about foil stamps, so I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so again, like, there are just different ways to, you know, clearly, you know, how people are deconstructing a normal process because of, you know, fi- financial reasons mm-hmm. or, or what have you, production reasons of like, really, I only have access to these means to produce it. Mm-hmm. How can I make this enriching experience with, you know, these set of tools? And it's, and yeah. it's super inspiring. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, Andres, I just can't thank you enough for being on the show, really. It's uh, been a great time talking to you, um, learning about you, your story, everything. And then it's just been such a pleasure. And again, it's great to see some a fellow you know, Latinx in that world and doing something that you know, hopefully one day you know, more of us will be out there doing. And you know, more people just the diversity in general. And uh, I think you should, I mean, I'm sure you know this, you should be very proud of what you're doing. And I, Thanks, you know, man. Yeah. We're all very happy about that here. I appreciate it. Yeah. Like I, like at the end of the day, like I am, I'm very lucky that I get to be a fan of what I do. Oh yeah. Honestly. And it's, um, it's, it's very rare. And you know, obviously that just, that kicks my own ass to just want to do better. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, I just comics were such a part of my life growing up that like, uh, and you know, still were before skybound that like, I, I, I want to, you know, lift it up as much as I can. Um, and yeah, I want to say thank you for reaching out. You know, apologies that it took me so long to get back to you, but no, you're good. Uh, but no, like this is this has been fun. This is actually my first podcast that I've been a part of. So oh, oh yeah. yeah, Uncle Dad yeah. first, yeah. Uncle Dad first. I like it. Um, Exclusive. Yes, yeah. I love it. Uh, baby Gabe, do you have any last words? Um, just again, thank you so much. It's it's been really good to hear your perspective. You know, your insight. I I always enjoy that from people you know, in the industry, because we talk, we thankfully, because of this, we get to talk to people that are in the industry, but are in different facets. So just mm-hmm. thank you for sharing with us. It's, it's been really enlightening. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me.